Isn't it possible that this thing may just pass us by? What if it doesn't pass us by? Let's retarget some ICBMs to blow it out of the sky. And risk turning one dangerous falling object into many. We don't yet know enough about what we're dealing with to make any kind of intelligent judgments. Luckily, the press is making up their own story at this point. But that's not going to keep. We may need to upgrade to DEFCON 3. Absolutely. General, contact NORAD. You tell them we've upgraded the DEFCON 3. It's not what the president what said. Our intelligence tells us the object has settled into a stationary orbit. Well, that's good news. Uh, not really, sir. Part of it has broken off into nearly three dozen other pieces. Smaller than the whole, sir. Yet over 15 miles in width themselves. Where are they heading? They should be entering our atmosphere within the next 25 minutes. I don't want to add to a public hysteria that's going to cost lives. Connie. Yes, sir. We'll initiate the emergency broadcast system. We'll advise people not to panic. The best idea right now is to stay in their homes. Yes, sir. Good afternoon. So far, the phenomenon has not caused any damage. We have to ask you to try to stay calm, and it's important for everyone not to panic. Now what do we do? Address the nation. There's gonna be a lot of frightened people out there. Yeah? I'm one of them. There's a star man waiting in the sky. He'd like to come and meet us, but he thinks he'd blow our minds. There's a star man waiting in the sky. everybody this is ed hoffman and welcome to the main event i open up with that scene from the movie independence day well it's kind of a uh, a a cut up of a few scenes in independence day you know uh all of a sudden we have these uh, strange objects coming in from space and uh you know the president and his secretary of defense and his national security advisor and his uh and his uh, white house press secretary they're all getting together and they're discussing they're discussing what what's going on and how to and make sure that we're concerned about there's uh, people that are going to be scared out there and we have to address the nation. Of course, in in uh, United States, 2023, we don't worry about making sure that the people are calm. We make sure that, hey, let's let's make sure we, we're calm and that we're calm and Biden's calm when he says something. And so if he if he gets nervous and. You know, then he can't address the nation. He has to be out. He has to be, uh, you know, prepped and and psych up. And we have to make sure that we we give him in specific instructions how to what to say in front of the cameras, and then take him over to his his little kid, his little elementary school de- desk that looks like the White House, and uh, have him sit in front of his studio. So he's got a big giant teleprompter there that he can read off of. Uh, that song was uh, David Bowie, Starman from 1969. Hey, you know, there's a star man floating in the sky. We don't know. We don't know what's floating around our country. We don't have any idea. We've been listening to this for two weeks. And we're not really sure what's going on. And quite frankly, I'll be, I'll be one of the first to believe it. I don't believe any of this crap. I think this is all, this is all a, a diversion to keep people's uh, attention off of the the Hunter Biden and the Joe Biden and the corrupt FBI and the 
corrupt CIA. And let's start investigating what's going on in the sky. That first one was clearly a Chinese balloon, but now all of a sudden now, now after one, now we've got three more this week. Anyway, I'm going to talk about that here in the first half. But before I do, for those who don't know me, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, talk to someone who thinks like you. Call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk to me about uh, mortgages, financing, uh, real estate, any anything that has to do with real estate and financing, um, and, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet because it's so personal, then go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the United American Mortgage logo, and uh, you can set up an account, put in your uh, put in your your email address and your password, and give me as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want uh, me to uh, how much information you want back, and you'll hear from me or one of my talented teammates. We'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle, whether that's financing a piece of property you'd like to own, whether that's uh, refinancing a piece of property that you already own, or whether it's uh, checking into one of those awesome uh, financing tools called a reverse mortgage that everybody's talking about uh, if you're over 62 or your spouse is over 62 and you feel like you have uh, more years left in your life than you have money left in your life this can help make make things a little easier so anyway uh if you want to hear uh if you if you miss any part of the show or you want it uh or you want it uh, replayed, or you want to share it with someone, stay on edhoffman.net, go to the podcast page, and you can hear this show as well as several past shows. You can also you can also uh, get the, the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, where you can actually uh, subscribe for free and have it download automatically to your device. I record on Friday mornings, and uh, it uploads to uh, to all the all the websites on Friday afternoon. It'll download to your device shortly thereafter, and you can listen to it on demand. And you can listen to it wherever you want. So if you're not within range of the of uh, the radio station, you can still hear it. Like, for example, I happen to be in uh, Bozeman, Montana this week and last week. And uh, and so you're uh, you're getting uh, you're getting my uh, my broadcast from God's country. So where it's uh, cold and beautiful and uh, uh, very little crime up here because uh, everybody has a gun. So, you know, you want you want to get rid of gun crimes. Make sure everybody everybody carries a gun, and then uh, no one nobody that has the bad uh, bad intentions uh, dares pull out a gun to commit a crime because he knows he's surrounded by good people with guns that will draw them on him. So let's talk about let's talk about the Chinese spy balloon. I haven't talked about it in in any detail last couple of weeks because I want to get. I want to get perspective on it, and I don't, you know, ever since somebody uh, noticed the balloon up there, if you watch the news cycle, all they're talking about is what it might be, what it might be, and hey, what if, what if this, what if that, and they don't have any uh, any facts or any perspective. They're just knowing, hey, there's a balloon up in the sky, and what could it be? And of course, it's floating over here. What could it be? Well, it's caught by the, by the winds, except for it's uh, going against the winds. So what's going on? So now we're in the second week of knowing about the 200-foot-tall spy balloon that took a leisurely trip across our country, gathering intelligence for China, and now three additional so-called objects have been shot down over North America airspace in the past week. So now we've got a, had time to uh, actually learn some things on it. But what we don't know, this goes back even further than what we thought. 
as we're learning, our government knew about this first balloon a week before we were told about it. So let's look at these timelines, or at least that's what we're being told. So let's look at the timeline of these events. Saturday, January 28th, a week before it was, before we heard about it. Well, about almost a week. The balloon is first, first detected in the U.S. airspace over Alaska. NORAD, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, started tracking it, but assessed it posed no threat or intelligence risk. And how did they know that? How did they know anything? How did, at that time, how did they know what it was? And can we afford to guess? What kind of evil stuff could uh, the Chinese be, be up to? And floating something, some big 200-foot balloon could have all kinds of stuff in it and could be uh, dripping who knows what into our country. So we don't know, but you know what? Uh, they posed it, assessed no threat or intelligence risk. Also on January 28th, same day, this part we just learned this week, the same day that Chinese balloon was spotted by NORAD, and they incorrectly determined it posed no risk to intelligence, astronomers saw a Chinese satellite beaming what they called green lasers over Hawaii. Sounds like science fiction, but it's not. From the Hill, astronomers say Chinese satellite has been caught on video beaming down green lasers over the Hawaiian Islands. A live stream camera from the National Astronomical Observatory of Japan mounted atop the Subaru telescope on Mauna Kea recorded the footage on January 28th. So in other words, there's this observatory on the top of a volcano on the big island of Hawaii. And there's this big telescope in it called the Subaru telescope. And it caught, it caught this footage of, of these green lasers. And if you Google it, you'll, you'll see the video on the internet. The lasers flashed for just a couple of seconds and were initially thought to be from a NASA satellite. On February 6th, which was three days later. No, the January, so that was a week later. The Japanese said NASA scientists found the most likely candidate was the Chinese Atmospheric Environment Monitoring Satellite that China lost, launched in April of last year. The article quotes University of Hawaii astronomer Roy Gal, who says the satellite is most likely measuring pollutants. Measuring pollutants? But why would Chinese government, the worst polluters on the planet, beam down lasers to measure pollutants in Hawaii. What part of this makes sense? And since Monday, we haven't heard anything about it. So it's been another week. It's been another week since we were in introduced to this, and no one said a damn thing about it. So back to the article. Gal said the object is not explicitly a spy satellite. It's cataloged and known by governments around the world. The U.S. has satellites that do the same thing. So this is... so. In this case, despite all the flurry about Chinese spy satellites and other devices, this one is just orbiting the Earth and has a known orbit, Gao said. How does he know? This is what I'm asking. How does he know this? You know, the other governments know about it. It's cataloged. They know about it around the world. But what do we know? We know what the Chinese government told us. So do we believe what the Chinese government tells us? We don't know anything. And when you think about a 200-foot balloon, in the, a 200-foot balloon, um, in the case of the balloon, um, you could put all kinds of stuff in there. And of course, if you've seen the movie Space Cowboys, hey, there's a Russian satellite up there. Um, you know, we we needed Clint Eastwood and Tommy Lee Jones and Donald Sutherland and James Garner, these old retired astronauts, to go up in a in a rocket because no one knows how to work on this thing. And it's just a satellite. It's just uh, bouncing signals off. 
uh, so people can uh, broadcast around the around the around the world. Except for when they get up there, there's missiles in it, and it's arming while they're up there. So we know we know we know what they tell us, and only only Joe Biden is stupid enough to believe this. Back in, back to the timeline of the first balloon. Monday, January thirtieth, NORAD kept tracking it as it traveled into Canadian airspace. Officials determined it carried surveillance equipment and was and was being used for spying. So two days after they decided it wasn't uh, that it didn't have any, it wasn't gathering intelligence and didn't off wasn't a, a threat. Two days later, they decide okay, it's gathering intelligence and was being used for spying. The next day, Tuesday, January thirty first, it re-enters U.S. airspace over Idaho. The Defense Department alerts Biden, who reportedly asked for military options to shoot it down. He asked for military options to shoot it down. Does that mean he says he gave the order to shoot it down? The Pentagon said it wasn't viable yet, but reportedly kept working to keep the balloon from collecting sensitive information from sites on the ground. What does that mean, really? Hey, it's not viable to shoot it down. We don't know what it is. We're just going to let it float over our country till we figure out, figure out what it does. We're going to figure it out when it starts firing missiles at it or dropping biological weapons or or uh you know when it's uh when it's drops uh what do they call those EMT things that that take out our our electrical grid we don't know what it was we know it was chinese and we know it didn't belong here the next day wednesday february 1st it flies over montana home to maelstrom air force base where many of our silo based intercontinental ballistic missiles are operated and of course we know we know that the object that was shot down over Lake Huron, Michigan, on February 12th, was also spotted flying over Montana the day before. Hmm. The day before they told us anything about it. So apparently, I'm in Bozeman, Montana, which is southern west, uh, southwest portion of the of the state. Maelstrom Air Force Base is up north, uh, farther north, where it's not nearly as uh, uh, densely populated. So. That would be a good, if you're going to shoot something down, that's a good place to do it. So on February 1st, four days after NORAD uh, spotted the first balloon, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin finally got alarmed enough to hold a meeting with NORAD and the Joint Chiefs. While this meeting was happening, flights were being grounded at Billings Logan Airport, and the military scrambled F-22 fighter jets in case they got word to shoot the balloon down. But the Joint Chiefs Chairman Mark Milley and NORAD recommended against it while the balloon was over land due to the risk of civilians. Of course. It's a good place to drop it in northern northern Montana in a wide open spaces. So let's see, we got we have uh, Lloyd Austin, our diverse defense secretary, you know, put in there not because of his competence or uh, competence or uh, or skills to protect our country, but because his skin color is a certain color. And then we got Mark Milley, Mark Milley, the head of the Joint Chiefs, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. That's um, we know is in bed with China because he promised China during the Trump administration that if Trump had any intentions of doing anything against China, that he'd give him the heads up before it happened. So I don't know. Are these the, the best guys we have to defend our country? So Biden reportedly directed the Pentagon to come up with options to shoot it down and recover the intelligence gathered as soon as it was safely over territorial waters. And now, two weeks after they eventually shot it down, we still don't know what intelligence was gathered. No one will tell us, and they probably never will. So uh, Thursday, February 2nd, finally, American people are told about the balloon. 
and the reports emerged about a second balloon flying over South America. I'm wondering what happened to that balloon. And I'm sure you are as well. China claimed it, claimed it and said it was being used for civilian flight tests. Civilian flight tests? Yeah, right. That's the ticket. Yeah, we're, we're doing civilian flight tests. That's it. That's the ticket. That's what we're doing. Are they thinking about starting commercial balloon rides over South America? Or are they, uh, are they trying to uh, test uh, civilian, you know, they're, they're, they're investigating what the winds are for, uh, for when they're just doing civilian flights in airplanes. As I know it, as I understand it, uh, the winds change everywhere. So, hey, what's windy today, what's windy today might not be windy tomorrow. So that doesn't make sense. Uh, and I'm just wondering, who believes this crap? Who believes the, the stuff that comes out? And especially since we've learned that when they say these things, they come out another couple of days later and say something else, which means they're just blowing smoke up our butts. The governments of Colombia and Venezuela said, well, that's good enough for us. Case closed. I'm satisfied. Yes, I'm satisfied. And we haven't heard a word about it since. So, um, I don't know. Now back to our now back to the timeline on our original balloon. Friday, February 3rd, the Chinese Foreign Ministry put out two lies. One, this was their balloon, but it was a weather balloon and it entered US airspace accidentally. Of course, we found find out later that it's it's just if, it, if it's just a floating balloon, this one had propulsion on it, propulsion on it that was able to steer against the winds. And two, the other the, the second lie was the balloon and all other objects after it are American. It's pretty clear at this point, neither of those are true. The illegal intrusion of airspace of other countries by U.S. balloons is also commonplace. Just since last year, the U.S.'s high-altitude balloons illegally entered Chinese airspace more than 10 times without the approval of the relevant Chinese authorities. Yeah, the Chinese government are just like the Democrats. They get caught, and they turn it around and blame it on Trump. So, hey, oh, wait, uh, we got caught colluding with Russia. Well, you know, that wasn't us. That was Trump. Yeah, that's the ticket. It was Trump. Or, hey, the, the Republicans did it. Or, or just like uh, we heard from uh, the Democrats, well, you know what? We didn't do anything about this for a week while it drifted over the, over the country. But, you know, there was three other times it happened during Trump administration that they, did this, that they let it just go too. Although no one in the Trump administration knows anything about that. And, uh, and of course, Joe Biden isn't saying a word on any of this. After all, this is the government that's making his family rich. So why would he say anything to, to call the Chinese, the Chinese government uh, to, to tell the truth? Saturday, February 4th, the FAA grounded flights at airports in Wilmington, Myrtle Beach, and Charleston, South Carolina, while a fleet of aircraft got into position, including the F-22 stealth fighter that shot down the balloon at, balloon at 2.39 p.m. And of course, that's all we saw all weekend where was the, was the, uh, the news reports on the missile hitting the balloon. The balloon fell into 47 feet of wa water off the coast of South Carolina. The Navy began the recovery. And of course, no one is telling us what they recovered, but they want us to be so proud that the Biden administration was taking their time so they could get it. Be thankful we recovered all this intelligence, but we won't tell you what it is. So, and of course, uh, they're telling us that uh, the debris field uh, took up uh, uh, 15, uh, the, the debris field in the, in the bottom of the ocean uh, that takes up the size of 15 football fields. 
Um, Monday, February 6th, two days later, finally someone told Joe Biden he was allowed to talk about the balloon, but only one time. We've made it clear to China what we're going to do. They understand our position. We're not going to back off. We did the right thing. Has it always been your view to shoot down a Chinese spy balloon, or was it only because it became public? Oh, no. It was always my position. Once it came over the United, into the United States from Canada, I uh, told the Defense Department we wanted to shoot it down as soon as it was appropriate. They concluded, they concluded we should not shoot it down over land. It was not a serious threat, and we should wait till we got across the water. Yeah, it's not a serious threat, but we don't really know what the serious threat is until we recover it. And, uh, and of course, uh, we waited, let it go over all our military installations all the way across the country. And, uh, and we don't know. We don't know. We're, this is what we're being told. You know, it uh, seems to me uh, this is a Captain Obvious event, and uh, we're all looking at this and going, hmm, does any of this stuff make sense? Over the past week, there are three more flying objects that have been spotted and shot down much more quickly. I wonder why that could be. I don't know. February 10th over Alaska, uh, a object was shot down. February, ele- uh, February 11th over Canada. And Sunday the 12th, also known as Super Bowl Sunday for some of you, uh, over Lake Huron in Michigan. In Monday's press briefing, Karine Jean-Pierre was asked why the U.S. government would shoot down an object over Canada's airspace. Because it's part of a NORAD, there is a, the NORAD is part of like a, a part of a, it's a, it's a, what you call a coalition, a consortium, a, 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 so, a pact, okay. exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that. Again, we didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in, in, uh, in, uh, it clearly in, 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 in step with uh, right. Canada. In step with Canada. Uh, yep. Here's another, here's another uh, example of, of the diversity of Biden's, uh, Biden's cabinet. You know what? They're not, they're not smart. They're not competent. They don't know how to spell or write. They don't know how to talk. And, uh, but, you know, they are diverse. Then National Security Council spokesman John Kirby, everyone thinks this guy is still Pentagon spokesman, even though he switched jobs last year. Someone should probably let him know. Anyway, he took uh, questions during Monday's press briefing, and it got oddly braggadocious really quick. Kirby talked up the Biden administration's response while taking a series of digs at the previous administration. Here's the first one. We were able to determine that China has a high-altitude balloon program for intelligence collection that's connected to the People's Liberation Army. It was operating during the previous administration, but they did not detect it. We detected it. We tracked it. And we have been carefully studying it to learn as much as we can. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. It's the uh, it's the uh, the the previous administration didn't know anything about it. Um, reminds me of a of a uh, clip from the movie Armageddon. Dan, we didn't see this thing coming. Well, our object collision budget's a million dollars. That allows us to track about three percent of the sky. And begging your pardon, sir, but it's a big sky. Yeah, it's a it's a big sky out there, and we have a million dollars to track. Uh, uh, 3% of it. Of course, we're not talking about monitoring the whole sky. We're talking about monitoring just over our country, and we're not looking into space like they were in Armageddon. Kirby also bragged that uh, the Biden administration instructed the intelligence community to take a broad look at this phenomenon of UFOs, and the Pentagon jumped into action. Because, UFO, because UFOs matter to this administration, unlike that previous administration, that was dealing with an ambush of investigations and a Russia hoax leading to a staged impeachment, not to mention a migrant crisis and a pandemic. 
The president also instructed the intelligence community to take a broad look at the phenomenon of unidentified aerial objects. Indeed, President Biden conducted the first ever daily intelligence briefing session devoted to this phenomenon back in June of 2021. We worked on a bipartisan basis to stand up an office at the Pentagon to study this in partnership with the intelligence community, academic institutions, and the private sector. These unidentified aerial phenomena have been reported for many years without explanation or deep examination by the government. President Biden has changed all that. We are finally trying to understand them better. Yeah, you guys, you guys are finally doing what Trump should have been doing. We're going to talk more about that after the break, but I'm all out of time for the first half of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, sports and commercials, and I'll be right back with a lots more. Now listen here, boys. I used to be a square, but now I found out I was really nowhere. I used to dig fraud and Shakespeare, too. No more, baby. Cause I dig you and I'm ready to groove. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage. I don't talk a lot about uh, real estate and financing on the radio, but, you know, if you've got real estate and you need financing, you want to talk to someone who thinks like you, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net, click on the United American Mortgage logo and do the cyber thing. Uh, I open up the second half with that song that was Raquel Welsh, a song called I'm Ready to Groove from a movie called Swingin' Summer from 1965. You know, I, you know, we lost Raquel Welsh on uh, Thursday at age 82. She's uh, been an icon in our, uh, in our lives uh, for as longer, for longer than I've been alive. And uh, I didn't know really what to use for her. Um, and of course, I hadn't heard the song before. I seen her in uh, in movies over my time, uh, One Million BC, and Mother Jugs and Speed in the seventies, and uh, Naked Gun in the nineties, and uh, lots of other movies that eh, I don't remember because they're old ones. Um, but uh, hey, uh, rest in peace, young lady, and uh, we won't forget you. So in the first half, in the first half, we were taught that we we've been talking about these balloons and these uh, objects floating around in the sky. And right as we ended part part one, uh, John Kirby was was bragging about how much more uh, the Biden administration is is on on uh, watching things in space and making sure that we're prepared than Trump was. But but if I remember correctly, wasn't it Trump that created the Space Force? And you know what? Hey, we we didn't. And and he created it as a military uh, branch. Not as a, hey, as something, hey, it's not a, the space, you know, astronomy, astronomy club at high school. This is, this was a, a, another branch of the military, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, and Space Force. So, but you know what, when, when Trump tried to take, uh, make uh, Space Force seriously, the left all mocked him. We're going to have the Space Force. Instantly, the internet began taking pot shots at the president's order. We are going to have the Air Force and we are going to have the Space Force, separate but equal. 
It reminded some of an old Dave Chappelle routine about a president trying to distract from other issues. The United States of space, because I'm stopping at the moon. President Trump has been musing about this for months. I said, maybe we need a new force. We'll call it the Space Force. And I was not really serious. And then I said, what a great idea. Maybe not such a great idea was how some in the Pentagon reacted. But the president forged ahead. The Space Force is actually happening. They've got plans. They're finding money. Michael Bay is on board to direct the whole thing. When Trump talks about Space Force, he makes it sound like we're going to be on a rocket riding to the moon like Space Force! Riding up down and killing aliens and burning the mammon! Just the way the president pronounces it. Space Force. Makes you want to salute. Oh, it could become the next favorite Trump word to imitate along the lines of... They're going to China. 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 But members of the... Space Force. Would be going a lot farther than... China. Space Force. You know what? Now you look now you look back and you know Trump was warning us about China and he is warning us about stuff in space. And uh, I guess he was right. I don't know. I don't know. Uh maybe that's gonna help him in his reelection campaign. And uh and just while we're on that, uh I am not in support of Nikki Haley. She's not she's not ready. Um I like her, but I the, the country's just not ready for a a female president, and we need someone much stronger than her. Uh, and uh, Trump's my guy right now. And, uh, you know, although, uh, you know, Trump intended Space Force to be part of the U.S. military and defend our country and our country's interest uh, in space while all while all the other countries are in space as well, so we could actually uh, pay attention to what other countries are doing and make sure they're not doing something bad to us. Um, he took it. He took it very seriously and was there for protection of our country. But when Kamala Harris, the head of the Space Council, starts talking about space, it's supposed it's supposed to be endearing. I just love the idea of exploring the unknown. You're going to literally see the craters on the moon with your own eyes. Oh, my God. You're going to see the craters with your own eyes. We're not going to protect you from from uh, Russia and China and all the other countries uh, setting us up for something bad, uh, you're going to see the craters with your own eyes. And of course, all those kids she's sitting around were hired actors. So why did the Biden administration jump at the chance to shoot down three objects on a single weekend after they told us how smart they were to wait on shooting down the first balloon? Here's Kirby and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Can you explain to us what changed? Why are we shooting them down all of a sudden? These other three, they didn't have propulsion. They weren't being maneuvered. It was basically they were being, being driven uh, by, the, by the wind. We don't think, we don't, we don't know for sure whether they had a surveillance aspect to them, but we can't rule it out. So there was a little bit, there was enough uncertainty there uh, that, again, out of an abundance of caution, doing the prudent thing, the president directed that they get taken down. Each of them presented a risk to safety of, of flight. Uh, and we don't know if they were actually collecting intelligence, but because of the route that they took, uh, out of an abundance of caution, we want to make sure that we have the ability to examine what these things are and p potentially what they were doing. We have not yet been able to defi definitively assess what these most recent objects are. We don't know what this exactly looked like, and we're going to learn more. I'd rather not go into any more detail than that. We're sort of in uncharted territory here, uh, no pun intended, but we don't, you know, we don't, we don't know. And as we've heard all week, we're not allowed to call any of these 
three latest UFOs, balloons, or anything else. The only word you're allowed to say it is uh, objects. On February 9, North American Aerospace Defense Command detected an object on ground radar. The object was flying at an altitude of 40,000 feet and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. Even though we had no indications any of these three objects were surveilling, we couldn't rule that out. Are they weather balloons? Well, I'm not going to categorize them as balloons. We're calling them objects for a reason. Can you tell us anything more about this octagonal object? I, I think we all need to be humble here in, in terms of what our ability is to positively identify stuff from fighter aircraft that are going several hundred miles an hour past, essentially, in, in terms of relative motion, a stationary object. Should we assume that this is the, the regular number of these objects over the United States, that they've always been there and they just haven't been um, looked at the same way? Anybody that's operated a radar will know you can set the parameters in such a way that to, to look for a certain something, it's more likely that you're going to find a certain something. High altitude, small radar cross-section, and low-speed objects. Are we still with object, or can we call them balloons? Still with object. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of another clip from the movie Armageddon. What is this thing? It's an asteroid, sir. How big are we talking? Sir, our best estimate is 97.6 billion. It's the size of Texas, Mr. President. Uh, yes, sir. And the ones this morning? Uh, those are nothing. Uh, they're the size of basketballs and, and uh, Volkswagens, things like that. Yeah, no biggie, size of basketballs and Volkswagens. And of course, everyone had a big laugh talking about aliens because this is all just one big laughing matter. Have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? And if so, why? Because that is what everyone is asking us right now. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything uh, at this point. There is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Again, there is no indication of aliens or terrestrial activity. I don't think the American people need to worry about aliens with respect to these craft, period. I don't think there's any more that needs to be said there. Yeah, I don't think we need to be thinking, worried about aliens from space. What we do need to be thinking about is aliens coming across our southern border. But this is all just a distraction. So Kirby's claims they still haven't recovered the debris, even one of the even the ones that landed in a lake. And we can't find them. They're in a lake. How hard is that? And he says that all that all signs point to these being commercial or research and therefore totally benign. And now the media is dutiful is dutifully repeating those talking points. This is Tom Costello from NBC News. The theory now is, and candidly, they've been hinting at this for a couple of days, but the theory is now that, in fact, these were not uh, any sort of intelligence gathering mechanism or device or balloon that the three objects shot down. Now, we're not talking about the big balloon, but the three most recently could have been commercial or maybe even uh, a university type of weather balloon or something of that nature, something that is benign. Uh, in other words, studying the ozone or looking at weather patterns. You know what? Uh, what I don't understand is if these things were uh, were commercial or or research balloons, why hasn't anybody claimed them? And why hasn't somebody stepped up and said, hey, that's our balloon from our uh, our corporation. We're using it for this or for that. Or why isn't, hey, we have this research thing going on at the university. Nobody's stepped up. Of course, now a week later, a week later, uh, this this hobby club, they're called the uh, the Northern. Illinois bottle cap balloon brigade, a bunch of people that um, set off these balloons that you buy online. 
and the these balloons are 32 32 inch round silver balloons and they track them from an app on their phone and supposedly the one that was shot uh, shot down in uh northern alaska uh might have been one of theirs which i'm not sure i believe all that bs because why didn't they come out sooner why didn't they say something sooner and it just seems like somebody's organizing organizing the what's being said on the news and of course if you if you listen to this northern illinois bottle cap balloon brigade those balloons they're setting off are 32 inch rounds you buy them online for $13.33 and uh we sent two sidewinder missiles uh that are almost $400,000 each to shoot it down i don't know are we that stupid are we stupid enough to believe this stuff and if it's true is our government and our defense department stupid enough to 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 deal with this? Amazing. So let's talk. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about the other the other uh, elephant in the room that everybody's talking about. Recent railroad disaster has turned the small town of East Palestine, Ohio, and uh, of course it's spelled Palestine, but everybody who lives there calls it Palestine. So we'll uh, you know like New Orleans. New Orleans is uh, spelt out as New Orleans, but people that live there call it Nolens. And, uh, and so we'll, uh, we'll call it that. And, uh, so it's, uh, it's turned, uh, East Palestine, Ohio, Palestine, Ohio into American Chernobyl, killing animals and making the environment unlivable for residents. And what's the Biden administration doing? Not a damn, not a damn thing. So here's the recap. On February 3rd, an overheated wheel bearing led to a Norfolk Southern Railroad train derailing in East Palestine, causing a fiery wreck of 50, 50 cars. So hold on a second. A overheated wheel bearing. So if those of you that haven't gone to a auto mechanics class or ever worked on your own brakes, uh, your wheel bearings are what support your uh, your rotors on your uh, on your and your on your axles. Uh, so your rotors spin on it, and it's supported by the wheel bearings. And every time you do a brake job, you take those things out, clean them out, make sure they're they're in good shape, and you repack them with that special uh, wheel bearing grease that's super heavy and it and it doesn't overheat. So apparently, apparently, all this is because someone's not servicing these uh, these uh, railroad these railroad cars. So eleven of the cars contain hazardous materials. Five of them contained chemical vinyl chloride vinyl chloride is a is a gas used to make resin and plastic products like credit cards and pvc pipes also used as chemical weapon in world war one and the national cancer institute says it can cause liver cancer brain cancer lung cancer lymphoma and leukemia fearing a major explosion norfolk southern railroad carried out a controlled release of toxic fumes to neutralize burning cargo inside some of the train cars which means they burn the fumes and release them into the air and does that mean like they put a catalytic converter over it, which takes the fumes that come out of the out of your exhaust, and before they go out the back of your car, they reburn them to make them cleaner? I don't know. Don't know what any of this stuff means, really. The EPA says in addition to vinyl chloride, four other chemicals leaked into the air, soil, and water. They're too hard to pronounce, but they're not safe either. And I'm looking at them, and don't ask me to try to pronounce them. At first, only 2,000 residents were told to evacuate. Although the town itself has almost 5,000 residents, so only you guys over here get get uh, get uh, evacuated. So three days later, on February 6, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, a Republican, and Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro, a Democrat, expanded the evacuation to residents in a one by two mile area of the explosion. 
So now we're talking about tens of thousands. So first we just evacuated two, but now, now we wait till it's got really bad and we're saying, okay, we better evacuate tens of thousands. Then just a few days later on February 9th, the evacuation is lifted. Everyone is told they can return home. Why? Why is that? We've all seen the reports now, animals dying, creeks full of dead fish, people getting sick, everyone afraid to drink the water or bathe their kids, but the state says those are just anecdotes. Residents worry about what's still in the air, soil, and water of their rural community. Don't tell me it's safe. Something's going on if the fish are floating in the creek. Ohio officials confirming some 3,500 fish died in local waters in the days after the derailment, but insist extensive testing shows there's no threat to other wildlife or humans. They say there's only anecdotal evidence of residents getting sick. Constant smell of burning plastics and chemicals in the air. Um, issues with our dog uh, vomiting, acting lethargic. The fish are dying, so how am I supposed to feel safe? Um, bathing my children. I can't stay in the town longer than an hour before I have a giant migraine. I do not feel anywhere in this town is safe. I mean, when you watch people that are investigating, they all have these giant hazmat suits on. Um, but somehow it's safe for people to go back to these homes. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like I say always, hey, don't believe me. Listen to CNN. Listen to, to Fox News. Listen to what you see on the Internet. Read what you read on the Internet and, and listen to the BS that comes out of our government's mouths. And then just compare that to your life experience, to what, what you see in your own life and say, hmm, does this make sense? Does this make any logical sense here? Norfolk Southern Railroad is approaching residents offering to reimburse them for hotels and necessities plus $1,000 inconvenience payments, all to avoid getting sued. And I'm sure on those payment, on those uh, checks they want to give you for your inconvenience fee, uh, they all probably have a, uh, a uh, disclaimer on the back that if you endorse this check that you're, uh, you're waiving your rights to sue them. And, of course, there's lawyers out there that are, that are telling people not to sign those. Who knows what they're saying to Governor Mike uh, DeWine's office, but there has to be some reason he lifted the evacuation after only six days. Here he is talking about how safe it is for everyone to return home. So if it were your family governor, you'd be okay sending everybody back home? Yeah, look, I mean, we, we indicated that. Uh, we're we're going to continue to test the air. We're going to continue to test the water. Uh, but what that is indicating is that it is, is very, very safe. I would be drinking the bottled water, um, and I would be continuing to... Uh, um, find out what the tests were showing as far as the air. Um, I would be alert and and concerned, but uh, I think I would probably be back in my house. Yeah, and uh, should they also be breathing bottled air? Hey, I'd be drinking the bottled water, but I'd be in my house. Well, if it were me, I'd be at my house in Montana. I'd be at a house in California or I'd be at a house in Arizona. I would be anywhere but in that town until somebody actually tests the stuff and makes sure it's safe. It's only it's only your life. It's like, hey, these are the same precautions we should have done with uh, people taking that vaccine. Hey, you know, before we before I let the government stick a needle into my arm and push something into my body that I don't know what it does, I want to make sure it's it's real because I just don't trust that they want they want to stick that needle in so bad. Uh, I'm just going to be safe and not inject something that's going to make me grow a second head out of my neck. So that's the state's response. How about the federal government? Here's Biden's diversity appointment to the EPA, Michael Regan. He was so proud of this response to Dana Perino on Wednesday that he actually tweeted it. 
Would you return to these homes now? Would you feel comfortable bathing your children in the water or drinking that water? Based on the results of those homes that have been tested, uh, if those test results have come back and said that the air quality is okay and the water is okay, I would remain in my home and I would drink the water. But there are some homes that have not been tested for water quality. And for those homes, uh, they should continue to use bottled water until the state comes in and tests that water. And of course, who's paying for that bottled water? I don't know. The bottled water is expensive, especially if you have to use it to bathe in, and uh, because you can't trust the water. And uh, how do you? Where do you buy bottled air? They're gonna give them spacesuits to to live in, so they can breathe the air and not have to uh, br- breathe in some toxins into their lungs. How about trans- transportation secretary, or as we normally call him, vacation secretary, Pete Buttigieg? Now on the fourth major transportation debacle on his watch and the first one to cross over into a bona fide environmental catastrophe, Buttigieg moved forward with his planned appearance at the National Association of Counties Conference. Biden was there too, by the way, but he can't be bothered to talk about this or Chinese spy objects. Here's the Secretary of Transportation talking about what really matters to him right now. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing doing the good paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Really? Is this really what's what's important? Hey, you're in charge of transportation. The airlines are bumping into each other. The, The software systems at the FAA aren't up to date. Uh, trains aren't being serviced, and uh, and what are you talking about? What color the people are that that get at these these uh, infrastructure projects? And of course, Pete Buttigieg, being uh, a gay guy, uh, he sure he should be talking about you know how many gay people are on those on those projects. So uh, here and here's here's how but Buttigieg is is comp- uh, communicating to the American people on his tweets in the wake of East Palestine derailment. And its impact on hundreds of residents, we're seeing lots of newfound or renewed and welcome interest in our work on rail safety. So I wanted to share more about what we've been doing in this area. We're making historic investments on rail safety through funding of in the bipartisan infrastructure law. Work that accelerates this year and continues in the years to come. You know, just like anybody in the Biden administration. Look at what we're doing. We're spending money. We're not accomplishing anything, but look, we're spending money. Look how effective Biden is. Biden is, he's got all these accomplishments. What has he accomplished? Well, we're passing passing laws that spend money. So the rest of us can extort it into our own pockets. Continuing with his tweets. For example, we recently proposed a rule that would require a minimum of two-person train crew for safety reasons. So instead of having one, one engineer, they'd have an engineer and a conductor, kind of like what you see in the movie uh, Unstoppable. Uh, for safety reasons, would that have fix the fact that the uh, wheel bearings weren't serviced? No. FRA is currently reviewing the over 10,000 comments we received on the rule and is working towards a final version of the rule. So they're working on it. And then here's the here's the big one, how he, how he blames Trump. We're constrained by a law in some areas of the rail regulation, like the breaking rule withdrawn by the Trump administration in 2018 because of a law passed by Congress in 2015. But we are using powers we do have to keep the people safe. So what's that about? Apparently there was a law that said, hey, if you're uh, if trains are carrying uh, certain kind of hazardous materials, they had to have certain kind of brakes put on them. 
would that have changed anything? And of course, and of course, Trump uh, withdrew that because for the for what it did, it cost it was too costly to the railroads to have to do that on all, on all their trains. And of course, similar to the Dodd Frank law and everything that uh, Christopher Dodd and Barney Frank uh, wrote up to fix the same the 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 global economic meltdown caused by their uh, subprime mortgage laws that they put into effect. And then we had the same, the same two idiots uh, write up the rules to fix the problems. And they went way beyond, way beyond uh, uh, what needed to be. And it cost mortgage companies too much. And many, many are no longer here. So, uh, so now, so Trump did that to the railroads because hey putting an extra braking thing on there had nothing to do with servicing the wheel bearings and of course if the if the democrats get caught doing anything or not getting something done what's the rule blame it on trump blame it on the Dem- on the republicans that's what you do whatever you screwed up turn it around blame it on blame it on the republicans blame it on trump trump's you know of course and we see that and for those of you that use the uh the uh the internet browser, uh, Microsoft Edge, whenever you log on there, you see that uh, Bill Gates and his, and his people are so anti, uh, anti-Trump. It's just, it's just that you can't, you can't even make this stuff up, the amount of crap that they put on there just to keep, keep people that are stupid enough to buy it, all the, all the stuff on Trump. And the, last, and the last tweet is, and of course, I'm always ready to work with Congress on furthering or in some areas restoring our capacity to address rail safety issues. Oh yeah, hey, you know what? Uh, we take we take rail safety seriously. We take it very seriously, and uh, we're going to use the full force of the federal government to make sure that we do everything we can to make sure this never happens again. And of course, that's the same the same BS that we've been hearing ever since uh, Barack Hussein Obama, uh, Biden's Biden's uh, uh, idol. Um, since he's been in office. Hey, anyway, so I hope you, uh, hope I brought some clarity to things and make you think about, Hey, what's really going on here. The Democrats are trying to distract everybody from, from, uh, focusing on, uh, the FBI, the CIA corrupting our, uh, our elections and the Biden administration extorting money from our country and other countries as well. But I'm all out of time for, uh, this episode of the main event. So, uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back again with you next week.